Hello and welcome to the WordPress Chick Podcast. Brought to you by the WPChick.com. WordPress explained for those of us who get headaches when we hear words like PHP and functions, but want to make money with their WordPress sites. No boring code snippets here. Just WordPress happiness made easy. Now, here's your host, Kim Doyle, the WordPress Chick. All right, guys, of course you're in for another treat, right? Because that's how I roll. So you know how much I love my tools and my plugins, my web apps, my platforms. I don't know what you're going to call it. There, there's so many different ways to reference these things. Uh, but I'm super excited because it's been a long time since I have hosted a webinar. And that's because I got tired of paying for GoToWebinar. That wasn't, I mean, I had, I had it down. I knew how to use it, uh, but just mm, never quite what I wanted. Not anymore. You guys are going to love today's show. I've got David Abrams of Demio. Demio is an amazing new webinar platform. Um, I just, I had a ball talking to him. It, more than that, I'm enjoying this platform. So you will see some more webinars coming from me. Just free trainings. I'm not probably going to do a whole lot of well, I'm not sure yet. I shouldn't qualify that. Anyways, enjoy today's show. This is David Abrams with Demio. What were you doing before this, before you guys launched Demio? So, I mean, it's kind of a long, I mean, we had kind of a long past, but basically we were both doing, me and my co-founder, marketing and sales in other areas of digital marketing. Um, I started with a digital marketing agency uh, doing websites, my first one, and then got into funnel building funnel creation, marketing, advertising, stuff like that, which slowly transitioned into building software. I started smaller softwares uh, at the beginning. Um, some, A couple failed, a couple did pretty well, sold those. And then we both transitioned into software um, full-time. And that's when we kind of came together uh, into Demio. And we really wanted to solve a big headache. Basically, my, uh, my partner had done a big launch in the internet marketing space and he was running webinars on some bigger platforms that just kept, kept crashing and breaking and just terrible experiences. And we looked at the marketplace and we just realized how many people were in the same boat. Like they just There was no beautiful, easy-to-use webinar platform that was out there for marketing and sales. So we went on a journey to just to build that. That's exactly what we wanted to do. Love it. I've got a whole bunch of questions in there for you. So, sure. um, you know, it, it, first of all, I want to back up because I think a lot of people – uh, get into the internet marketing space and inevitably at some on one level or another they are in a service business which you quickly find or slowly find out it's not really scalable <laughs> what was it about was it just a, a love for software or what made you decide to get out of the agency side of things because in my experience i don't know that i've met anybody that doesn't eventually want to get out of service work no you're absolutely right and um when i first like I first got into service, just like you're saying, because it is the fastest way to make money online. And I was, I was tired of the nine to five. I had this job at um, a digital marketing company, and I was the internet marketing director. And I, I just, I wanted to get on my own thing. So I started this agency, you know, building the websites myself, um, brought on a team, stuff like that. And what it really taught me was operations, the business side of stuff, sales. Like I'd be on phone calls late at night, selling websites. You know, five, five thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars. I was going out to boardrooms and selling websites for $25,000. So I really had pushed myself to like learn all these new skills, but 
you're absolutely right was scalability was like the worst thing. And more than anything, I was stuck in the production of the business. I could never work on the business. I just felt so trapped in it. And you're also dealing with customers all day and the web's like space is so hard, like web design development. It's just, Oh, it's, it's so, it's so hard. <laughs> so transferred out of that into, well, I was initially just trying to get into software, but it somehow happened that I met uh, one of my partners and we got into building a marketing funnel automation company before the word funnel like blew up like two years ago or whatever. Yeah. This was, yeah, <laughs> that's a new thing. But this was like three years ago and um, we were doing funnels and people didn't have any idea what funnels were and stuff like that. But, um, but even then we were doing, you know, funnels with some really cool people, 10, $15,000 a pop with, you know, equity on the back end and really amazing projects, but you're still, you're basically building other people's business. Um, and I, and I really just, I wanted to focus on something for myself and I just knew that at some level doing services was almost cheating myself because I was putting all my knowledge and my ability into someone else's some, you know, business for almost a little bit of like security, which is a payment. Like you're getting paid to help them build their business instead of diving into your business and paying someone else to help you. So that was kind of like when it kind of clicked in my head and I, I, and I was like, I have to risk it. And that's kind of when I went started investing my money into building softwares. And I'm a really big uh, believer that everything in life is a stepping stone. And that it's really hard to just like, if you don't know how to swim to go into like a, you know, a long distance swimming competition. Yeah. So, so I try to do these like little, like little smaller softwares to start like little wins. Like what's one tiny thing that I can solve with software, learn to hire, learn the technology, learn all the different things. And so built those, like some failed, like why did this fail? Okay. Well, you know, I didn't build something sexy enough or there wasn't enough of a market. So I learned, you know, validation and kind of all the things that software bring into it. And so it was just a big learning curve. And I think, I mean, Demio has by far been my biggest project. It's just an absolute monster uh, as far as development, but it's been, it's been so amazing as far as a journey. So you, you connected, you have one partner or two business partners? I have one partner in Demio. Uh, it's my co-founder in Demio, Wyatt Jaswaski. And then I still have my other business, which is called Systemizely, mm-hmm. um, which is basically operation marketing automation softwares and stuff like that. Most, mostly it's just basically an accelerator right now. I just do like a lot of software consulting over there, but mostly my entire focus is in Demio. All right. So how did you, and, and I apologize. Could I, you said it pretty quick. What's your partner's name again for Demio? Oh, Wyatt Joswoski. Wyatt. Okay. Yeah. We're going to go ahead and say Wyatt because I feel like I'm going <laughs> to be Mike Wazowski name. pretty quickly. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, awesome. But so Wyatt, so where did you guys connect? Was it through another product launch or another software program? Well, we actually connected about four years, I guess four years ago now, maybe five years ago now. Um, we were both in the marketing space. He had just moved to Tampa. I had just moved to Tampa a year before. And we met at a mastermind, a business mastermind. And um, we were both building our businesses on the side. Uh, like I had my business, he had his business. And so we were always collaborating, working together, helping each other where we could. We always wanted to work together. It was like one of those things where we just felt like of all of our people in our network, we were the two that were like the hardest working that we knew. <laughs> like maybe, yeah. maybe we weren't the most successful out of the entire, all the groups and stuff we knew, but like, we were the ones that were just grinding it every day, just working really hard and helping each other. And we're like, we, we got to figure out something to do together. And, um, you know, ultimately we just found Demio was the project to, to join up together. Can you explain what differentiates Demio from other platforms? We wanted a really simple, beautiful experience for attendees and people running the webinar. Like we wanted to have a webinar platform that was intuitive to use, 
that didn't take you an hour to set up a webinar. For us, we wanted a, a webinar set up in 10 seconds. We wanted to have the advanced functions when we needed it. We wanted to have marketing segmentation, marketing automation, integrations with all of our favorite platforms at the push of a button. So we made it really beautiful, really simple, but it still has all the power in the back for marketing and sales. Um, for us, we wanted to have attendees be able to join in the browser. So we have one-click, easy browser joining. Um, and our technology allows you to also run the webinar in the browser as well. Okay. And what is there a, a name for that technology? In ter- like, I, I'm totally drawing a blank, but for the for running it in the browser. And this is not, for the listeners, it's not Google Hangouts. Yeah, it's actually called WebRTC. And it's a new technology that, you know, basically it's the it's like the – the special magic behind Google Hangouts, but we we built it all from scratch. We we basically had to engineer. We had a two year journey to build this all out. So we had to really engineer for the first time ever doing WebRTC in a one to many method, I should say, because without getting too technical, Google Hangouts has this terrible thirty second delay, thirty yeah. to sixty second delay, and it's oh, it's awful. It's terrible. So when you're building a webinar platform on top of something like that, you get all that inherent issues with it. And you're just like putting features on top of it. Cool. That's awesome. But what you really want, you just want to be able to have a real-time conversation with your audience and you want to just have a simple way to get your message out there. But the way WebRTC typically worked when it first came out was I talk to you, you talk to someone else, they talk to someone else. Like it's a peer-to-peer network. So you talk to one person with a bad network, 10 seconds of latency. You talk to another person, another 10 seconds. So you can go to a minute, two minutes of latency there. For us, we wanted it to be real time. And we said, if we're building this, we're building it the way we want it. A real conversation with all the power, beautiful, easy to use. And so we had to figure out and engineer how that happens. And that's what we've been able to do. All right. So let's back up a little bit because clearly you are capable of programming and whatnot. Um, but I'm assuming you guys brought on, you know, how did you go about saying, we are going to develop and deploy something that one is going to take on a huge space, right? Um, but but two, how did you, you know, it? you guys had what, a two-year journey, right, you said? We had a two-year journey from inception to basically launch. Um, and we've been launched for about two months now. Um, but yeah, actually, to be honest with you, neither me or Wyatt are developers. We're not technical co-founders at all. Um, in fact, we're business marketing and operations. Okay. Amen. I love that because I've always said that I'm like, yeah, my, my tagline is no boring code snippets here, right? Like I am not a coder either. But That's so awesome. how did you go about now? Did you guys, did one of you or both of you sign up for the foundation to, to do this? Or um, did you just go about looking for developers to work with you? Well, luckily we both had um, smaller experiences. Like I said, stepping stone experiences of building software prior. Um, and so they were in terms of comparison, a lot smaller than Demio, but they were definitely projects that taught us. So one of my biggest, I would say, skill sets is the ability to hire, manage, you know, uh, put projects together, use agile and scrum and all those different methods of like building the business. So when we came in, we basically, the first thing that we did was have like a consultant kind of run through things. Then we had someone kind of outline what the technology spec should be, like how it should all be laid out. And then we went into the hiring approach. Now, I can go into our story of our journey and how kind of we got screwed over on multiple times on that from doing that. But you know, it ultimately led us to our team, who was just absolute rock star team. And we have an amazing kind of blueprint of technology. And it's all broken down really easily to manage and, and to run. 
Well, are you up for share? You don't have to go into massive detail, but <laughs> the way you get screwed, because a lot of times I, I think that people listening to this might be thinking, oh, well, you know, when, when you get screwed, you kind of feel like, what did I do wrong? I'm the only one who's getting screwed. Um, but so any, ex, any story in there that you want to share that would be of help to someone who says, you know what? I need to, I, I have an idea or I want to get something developed. Like what are, you know, what are some of the stories you'd like to share with that? Sure. So there's a couple. Um, initially we hired a, basically a quote unquote like acting CTO. And it's kind of a funny story, like how we even got looped into this, but like our initial consultant was a PhD at a university for engineering. And we had him run through like all these specs and stuff like that. Amazing guy, super helpful. He connected us to his brother um, out in Turkey who ran a web agency for banks and stuff like that. So big software development projects. And we said, let's do this right. We flew him out, spent like a week with him. We mapped out everything. The big mistake first that we did was we mapped out a gigantic, gigantic project. So we did like three like gigantic – I don't know why we did so much. It's just crazy to think about that we planned so much. We're like, hey, let's do this in two months. This will be easy. So we backed up like this huge agency bill with this terribly monstrous like MVP. We're not even MVP. It was just like a – we were just being ridiculous. We, we didn't – I don't know. I don't know what we were thinking. But – we like hired these guys and what we found out later is that like this agency who we had a great feeling about all this stuff ended up subcontracting, subcontracting it out and doing just a terrible job. I mean like in two months, which was our turnaround time, we didn't have things, basic HTML things working, like just the basics of our project. And unfortunately I had got pulled away into some family business and um, honestly I should have been more in depth in the project, but you know, I, I had some personal issues I had to deal with. And my partner was also running his other business because that was kind of our bootstrapping funds. Mm -hmm. So the key kind of takeaway there, I would say, is, you know, a lot of people lean on agencies because they feel afraid to find and hire people themselves. So you hire an agency and agencies can really hurt you if you're not sure what you're doing. So we lost a lot of money and a lot of time with this agency because by the time we finally realized everything that was happening – we had lost maybe six months of time and hundreds of thousands of dollars. So it was really painful. And the so like, I guess my lesson there would be like, if you're going to be building software, like take the time to hire the right people, even if it's really slow, just hire great people and maybe just like have your own spec and stuff, but then just like do the hiring process, find the right people, a, like people make your company, especially in the early stages of software. So great people may be hard to come by. You may have to sell them. You may have to like come up with more salary and only have one person for a while. But those are the key people that will make or break your business. And had we not had our other businesses, it would have broke us. Yeah, that was going to be my next question in terms of funding this, because I'm sure a lot of people might be sitting there saying, well, I can't lose a hundred thousand. I can't lose hundreds of thousands of dollars, yeah. you know? And so knowing what you know with the experience, you know, is there a good way to bootstrap that for somebody who says, look, you know, I've got an idea and, you know, and again, not to <laughs> plug the foundation. I'm not a student. I have just followed what they've done. Um, but there are a lot of people that maybe don't have the funds to do this. I mean, what would you recommend to those people? Well, I would say there's kind of a, I have like two kind of answers there. One, I would say always, always build off your strengths. So really take the time to identify like what you're good at. If you're really good at, you know, marketing and sales, then you should really go with like try to build something that's based around marketing and sales or like super marketing and sales heavy or like maybe you can even go out there and you can write a webinar 
you could come up with all the basic mockups, make sure that it's possible to build this platform, you know, get time estimates, cost estimates, and just go out there and just sell. Like literally go out there and sell pre-access to the software. If that's your skill set, right? So you can sell, let's say you sell $200,000 worth of pre-access. You just hustle. Well, there's your bootstrap funding to build your project, right? You're, you're pre-selling access. So I guess my first answer is build into your strengths. The second one would be make sure you really understand an MVP, a minimum viable product. What I said earlier, we built up this monstrous outline. If we had gotten really narrow and said, what is the one thing that we need? Okay, we want a really simple way to just connect people. We probably could have got that built a lot less and a lot, you know, a lot cheaper. And we could have really had a more concise timeline, really been agile with that process, um, brought in maybe one developer over time. It made it super, super simple and super beautiful. And yeah, initially we may not have had all the features and stuff, but at least we could have tested and got that out quickly, not spent a lot of money, not lost a lot of money. But bootstrapping, I mean, if you're going to bootstrap, you're going to need to have some money. Otherwise, you're going to need to offer equity to a developer to have them come into the project. So one thing you could do is, you know, if you find a good developer is incentivize them with equity in your company. Now I'm not saying, and I'm not always in love with just giving 50% of your company or 33% of your company or something like that to a CTO. But I think you can easily say, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to give you some salary and you're going to get equity, but I'm going to give you a lower salary than maybe like uh, industry average. But one of the things that you have to do here is you have to sell people on your mission, on your vision. What are you creating? Why do they want to join it? Like you want great people. You need to learn to sell that vision. Clearly, when you guys approach this, the problem was crap technology, for lack of a better explanation. Um, so if, if you had to, I don't know, do it again, like what would be the minimum viable product that you would have approached it with? Our MVP at this point would have just been a simple way to connect, stream, and you know maybe some basic stuff but but the problem here is that because there are so many other like competitors and stuff just launching with a basic mvp we may have gotten validation on it but we would have had a really hard time getting customers because we have to you know at least meet some of the basic things that other platforms have otherwise we're going to face a, a major thing which is called um uh, uh like basically the ability to take people away from other platforms. I'm trying to think. I can't remember what it's called. I can't right think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, we won't say steal, but yeah, it's, it's get them yeah, basically. Like, yeah. To convert to like know, reason to, to switch. Yeah. You guys make it easy to create and deploy a webinar within like 10 minutes. Like it's, it's not rocket science and which is huge. So how did you guys go about that approach? Did you guys hire a UI designer? Did you step back as users? and say, you know, what is really important here that we make this simple, easy to use? Well, I think like the problem itself was that webinars inherently have a couple things. One is that webinars are overwhelming to people because there's like, a, they have to have a real connection. They're talking to people, they're live. So there's already this overwhelm factor with webinars. And then the second thing is that like, for whatever reason, companies that are doing webinars just want to throw this gigantically complicated software on top of it and make people feel even more overwhelmed. So it's like you want to create a webinar and it takes you 10 hours. That is terrible. Of course, you're going to have like, like this dread to run webinars. And one of our missions was like, we want to make it delightful and like easy to run webinars and connect with your audience because it is the most powerful way to make sales and market and, you know, onboard all that kind of stuff. So we knew that simplicity was a key there. 
And, you know, simplicity is often the key to brilliance. And one of the things is that I think, especially in software, is that it is harder to be simple in software than it is to be complicated because you could come up with a million features. <laughs> there could be a million things that you throw into software, but it is extremely difficult to say, no, I'm not going to build that. No, we're going to make it simple. We want the basics of this to work and work amazing. And people would rather work with a platform that works great and is simple than a very big, robust software that does everything mediocrely. Well, in a way, it's so it's like you have to provide your customers with what they need while they think they're getting what they want in a way, right? Because I, it, what I found too is a lot of times, and it, again, it, this is a totally new space for me, but in really figuring out there, you know, people will say, well, I want A-B testing or I want this. And it's like, but yet they never use it, <laughs> but, but it needs to have a certain feature. So, you know, was there um, a bare minimum? Like when you guys looked at this, like, okay, look, we want either the registration page has to be simple, the webinar, like the webinar room feels good. You got like you feel like you're in more of a you don't feel like when you're in this mass produced thing. I don't know. I can't I don't I can't find the words for it, but it feels kind of cozy while still being able to hold the audience that you need. You know, so were were there certain things that you guys looked at that said this has to, you know, this has to meet this requirement or we want this to feel simple? Well, we knew we wanted everything to feel simple, but we knew that like really thinking about like we spent so much time thinking about this stuff, but like the attendee experience mattered so much, right? Because if attendees enjoyed it, then they would come, right? And at the end of the day, you need people to show up. So like, we just wanted to have an amazing attendee experience. And uh, we wanted the, the, the presenters to have just intuitive experience. Because if you were like, one of the things is like, if you're invited to this and you've never been on this before, you didn't know how to use it. It has to be super simple and easy to use. Um, and now I, I give a lot of this credit to my partner, who's just an amazing product and like, user experience guy like he loves creating this stuff so we would just spend like hours just like talking about and like looking at it and then working with our designer like we didn't hire a specialized guy to build this for us it's kind of like we first came up with the the business concept of it then we came up with the key things that we needed and then we kind of mocked it up and like literally what you're looking at is probably the fourth iteration of ui like our initial ui we drew on pieces of printer paper with pens and we drew them out and we put it on a whiteboard and then we had a designer mock it. And then, you know, we had another version come out and like our initial version of our software was an app download that was like the size of like, literally it was like 60 pixels wide, like this little teeny toolbar to run a webinar. And like literally the icons were like hand drawn. It was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. So like we just kept learning and iterating and saying, what is this? What is this? And, like asking those questions and like, our seriously, our backlog has so many user interface updates. If you like it now, just give us six more months and we're going to make this so amazingly beautiful and so simple to use. And like, that's just one of our missions that we want to do. I love it. Well, and I mean, really, I mean, I don't know if this is like the, the business tagline, but just even on the site, a smart webinar platform on a simple mission. Super, super clear. Love that. Let's talk a little bit about pricing because I think you guys are so competitively priced and how did you determine, you know, how, cause for, for people listening, and again, this is a massive education for me, understanding, you know, what is a call to the server and how, where the costs are incurred. So, I, you know, best case scenario, worst case scenario, did, how did you guys go about the pricing model? Well, the pricing model was based on two things. And it was one was based on obviously cost, right? So we had to look at like, what's our fixed, what's our variable costs? Um, and variable came from like how the streaming and stuff work and the technology behind it changed as we changed and stuff like that. So we first looked at that and we just tried to figure out what that hard 
baseline cost as invariable means that like as we grow, our costs are going to grow too. So we had to look at that number. And secondly, we had to look at the marketplace competition, meaning that, you know, there we're in kind of a crowded place, but we feel like we're doing something very special and different. But we wanted to have some of that, that like, I don't know how to say this, except that sometimes business can just be easy, like offer, mm-hmm. offer a great service, a great product at a great price with great customer service. Like that's the basics to business to us. And like just making it super simple across the board, simple to sign up, simple to buy, simple to understand, simple to run. So we wanted to have competitive pricing that was a little bit lower, but just like it was easy. And people were like, yeah, that, that makes sense for me. I can, I can pay that. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to be able to make this every month and pay this for my business and stuff like that. Um, which I love too, because, you know, you look at, and I don't know, again, wh- at what point you did this in terms of, uh, you know, research, because you'd already had some experience with software. Um, but, you know, there's, there's times too, where you're like, God, I feel screwed because I'm not in this package. So you didn't get all the features. So I love that regardless of the level, all the features are there. Um, can you share with the listeners uh, what some of the features are with Demio? Absolutely. So some of our most powerful marketing and sales features come from, you know, our editable registration pages or being able to embed registration forms, either unstyled, styled, or even pop-up forms that you can put anywhere on the web into your landing page builder, stuff like that. We have Zapier integrations and nine native integrations with CRM. So you can integrate your registration pages directly into your CRM tagging or putting them in the right list at the right time. We have one-click integration links, so you can have people, you know, in an email, just click in their email and automatically be registered for the webinar. We have automation rules that are added to that. So, like, basically, based on what people do on the webinar, you can have specific actions happen. Like, a ta- like if someone does not attend my webinar, we'll automatically add the tag, you know, whatever tag you want, like maybe skipped webinar, which could start a sequence of emails in your autoresponder CRM that then notify the attendee or the registrant that, hey, it looks like you didn't attend. Here's a replay of the event. You know, maybe the next one's like, hey, just want to let you know that we offered X, Y, and Z product on the webinar. And the next one's, you know, a trial or something like that. So we give you all these different triggers based on what's happening in real time on the webinar. Well, and I just want to let people know too, like the automation rules. I love it's again, you guys did a great job at the UI because it's, it's crazy. I was looking at, you know, I, and I would love your two cents on this. I kind of see this little, if I had a crystal ball, I think a lot of what's going to start happening um, with marketing software and whatnot, it's it's sort of the magic that happens with the automation and the conditional logic and what you can do here, there based on behaviors, right? Like that's where you can really, that's where there's a lot of power to take things to the next level. But I mean, so to be able to log in and be like, does not attend, joins a webinar, joins late. I mean, it. you, you guys have made it so easy to set those automations up. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of platforms out there and I hate to bag on them, but Infusionsoft does my head in. And yeah. but, but you know, it's like I don't want to have to drill down 50 layers deep and you guys don't. It it is it you've just done a great job with that. So kudos to you. Know, so for um <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, and then so what about, you know, um what, recordings and automated webinars? Sure. So right now with recording is basically uh, we made it super simple so that when you start your webinar it'll automatically start the recording process for you. So that happens automatically. Um, and when people are logged in the room, then, you know, everything's going, presentation's going. And when you end the webinar, we'll automatically upload that recording for you into your account as a .mp4 file. So you'll have that automatically in your account. Now we have little simple replay pages that you can send out to people or even automate them to go out. 
And we're actually working on right now a functionality that we're calling the like live replays. So with like live replays, you can actually launch them so that they're basically on-demand webinars that play inside of the demo room. Chats are coming at the same time. Handouts are coming out at the same time. Call to actions appear at the same time. So people can actually join your webinar as an on-demand evergreen webinar um, and, and see it exactly with the same beauty and style. And you just run it live and then you run it like live. So you don't have to go through setting this up. And personally, we're not big believers in kind of quote unquote, like unethical marketing. So we don't want to have the ability. We, we didn't want to put in the ability for you to put like fake users in or fake questions and stuff like that. I'm just not a big believer in that. Thank but, you. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. I, I, and people don't like that. People understand that those are like fake platforms. So it's like, we wanted to have something more beautiful. So this will be, you know, like live replay that people can go watch and they get the same experience, but it, you know, it's previously recorded, which I don't think has that much of a killer to it. No, it does. Well, and at the end of the day, if someone's like, oh, I can pick three times to watch this webinar on a Sunday, do I, do you really think I think it's live? <laughs> so exactly. yeah, I think that that, that whole thing, I, I love the, the like live is awesome and it's an on demand webinar. People know it's pre recorded. Nobody's stupid. And quite frankly, I love the idea of having that option so that, you know what? Yeah, I won't have time to get around to it. I want to register for it. I want to watch it or, or to be able to market it right after you've done the webinar to be able to market it that, Hey, you can still catch it. Um, Speaking of marketing, so how how did you guys approach? You had the experience, obviously, in this space and the knowledge. Did you what did you do in terms of launch and and marketing? Like, how did you approach that? Sure. So we actually decided to do a grand opening launch. We did a a beta program with eight hundred and fifty plus beta users, all free. And one of the big reasons for that was just wanted to get exposure. Uh, it was a really cool way for us to test the system, but also every time a webinar was run, you know, we got our name out there to other people, and you know, it was just really a good way to get testimonials and stuff. And then we planned a one-week grand opening where we offered amazing annual pricing. So it was a really great way to bring in and kind of jumpstart some sales into the company, um, also get customers in that would use the platform, and uh, really get our name out there. And then from that, we turned that into just kind of a uh, well, we closed that at the end and basically we just went on one-on-one -on -one marketing. So now a lot of our marketing is like literally I'll do sales calls all day. One-on-one -on -one demos, direct sales have been amazing for us uh, because we could showcase the platform. Like we do the demos in Demio. So you get to see the platform, check it out. Um, and then we'll give you a bonus for signing up on a demo with us. We'll give you $50 in credit just for coming on the call. Uh, that's pretty awesome. So, but with the, with the, it wasn't a lifetime pricing. You guys did an annual launch price. Was that it? Yeah, we did annual and we did like some people said, oh, why aren't you guys doing lifetime? But for us, there's there was two major reasons. One is lifetime for anyone that's like thinking long term is really kind of painful for like the PL sheets, your profit loss sheets. <laughs> yeah. this, is, this is something that my mentor told me. He's like, you know, investors and people when they come look at your books, that's like that's revenue you made one time. You'll never make it again. You have to support those customers forever. So that looks really bad for either you know, investors or you know people that want to come in and possibly buy you at some point. And that doesn't really add to ARR, MRR. That's just like, okay, we brought in revenue. So we knew that we could offer really good deals. Like we really discounted it, like maybe over like our 1,000 attendee packages right now, I think are $2,200 for the annual package. At grand opening, they were $500. So just incredible discounts that you could get and you could secure those packages for life. Like you have that annual pricing forever as a grandfather discount. But, um, you know, we, 
we gave you a great dis- a great discount, but we still got an annual subscription to the service, which for us also gives us recurring revenue to continue to innovate and build the product out better and better. Well, I love that. And again, looking at pricing for people listening to this, because, and I would just, I would really love your two cents, David, on sort of the direction of things, because it, like I, the WordPress space is interesting in and of itself, right? Where people get really mad if they have an annual renewal of $79. I'm like, People can't live off of free soft, creating free open source software the rest of their lives. You know, I don't know that there's an understanding, especially in a platform like you guys. I mean, there are consistent costs, not just development and providing the platform, but I mean, there's consistent, there's support costs. There's a lot that goes into this. And I mean, really, it's like whether somebody does annual or monthly, you guys, the price point on this is gold. It just, it's fantastic. And let me ask you this. Please correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought that I read like if, what if, I, let's say I've got the 100-person attendee plan and I get 300 people registered for webinar. What happens? If you have 300 people registered, well, you can have unlimited registrations. You can have as many registrations as you want. But let's say you get 100 people on the call, um, it'll actually lock up at 100. So right now, we probably don't have it the best way. So right now, you have to upgrade your account. And you can do that instantly inside of Demio, mm-hmm. which is one click. You can upgrade to the next package. And then you can downgrade uh, the next month, we'll prorate your account for that month. So we'll just upgrade you for, let's say you're doing it at the end of the month, you'll just get the end of the month proration on the upgrade. So it's really easy to make that upgrade. But what we'll probably do, it's something that we've you know talked about that we'll get to is, you know, if you hit that limit, a pop-up coming up while you're in your webinar room saying, hey, you're at the 100 attendee limit, would you like to upgrade to the 500 to allow more attendees to join? Which is great. I mean, to be able to do that in the room right there is, is makes it super easy. Um, yeah. So... I'm guessing that, you know, you guys have a webinar platform. You understand how webinars are, what's going on in this marketplace in essence as well. So what would you recommend to people that, you know, maybe have done webinars and haven't had a lot of success with them in the past? You know, what would you say are some keys to running one, running a successful webinar and two, promoting one? I I think that's a really heavy question. Sorry. Uh, I run a webinar once a week. It's about two hours long and I kind of break down everything you need to know about webinars. And like, it's just, it's a long question, but I think, um, I think persistence with webinars is a big one. Like this is, this is a full on marketing and sales strategy that it's not like this is a new thing. A webinar is basically a sales pitch that you now have the ability to scale to hundreds of people at one time. So this is not like a hack or a fad or a trend or anything like that. This is literally just like what people used to do one-on-one to different companies in a, in a boardroom or in a sit-down environment and doing over and over and over. You have a scalable way to do it. So why would you do it once or twice and be like, I'm giving up on this? You fine-tune it. You learn. You look at the analytics. You learn what are people doing? What's the engagement? Do I need to tweak my angles? Do I need to tweak my big promise? Am I giving you enough information? Am I hitting the pain enough during the presentation? Like what – what things can be changed in that presentation to turn it into a sale? Is my package good enough? Is my offer good enough? Like just because that didn't work a couple times doesn't mean that that system has failed. It also, I would say a lot of times the biggest one is pointing to not being clear on your customer avatar and bringing in the wrong people to your webinar. So if you're not clear on your customer avatar and you're bringing in people that aren't qualified, yeah, you're not going to have either a good show up rate or you're not going to have good conversion because you're talking to the wrong person. You're probably talking to them the wrong way. They're not hitting the right pain points. So like, you just got to get clear on who you're talking to. You know, if you're doing advertising, make sure you're advertising to the right people. You know, expect five to ten dollar per seat 
Facebook costs on seats. If you're doing email, you know, expect to have a higher opt-in conversion rate. But maybe if you don't have a good enough, um, you know, big promise or, or hook, maybe not that, you know, a great show up rate. So there, there's so many variables, but it's like if, if there's one piece of advice I could give, it's get clear on your customer avatar and make sure that you're not giving up too soon because it'll work. The more you dial into it, it'll work. Like if you could spend $1,000 to get 200 people on a webinar or 100 people on a webinar and you sold at 15% of a close, you were selling a, like a, let's say a $500 package, you're making what, $7,500 live? So you're making $6,500 profit? I mean, wouldn't you run that every week, every day if you could? You know what? Absolutely. It's it's so... I. <laughs> Brilliant answer. And hopefully, um, you've got the webinar. We'll, we'll include the link in the show notes and everything so that people, if they, to attend your weekly webinar, um, to get a more in-depth answer on that. And I, I went back, you know, I actually hired a, a Facebook ad agency at the beginning of last year and great experience, earned my money, all that good stuff. One of the things that was such a huge takeaway for me was the owners commitment to just core direct response marketing principles, which is pretty much what you're talking about. It's, you know, you don't, and and so often, I think in this space, people will put an offer out there or they create something and it's like crickets. I did an interview last week with a guy who's got a, uh, he focuses on restaurants for themes and plugins. And he said, nobody bought his first theme for six weeks, but he stuck mm-hmm. with it, you know? And so it is a matter, like you said, of testing it. And, you know, if you don't have money to run ads and it's like, who are, are you promoting it? Do you have JVs? You know, what's, what's the value you're providing and ask for feedback. So with your beta testers, I'm guessing you guys got a ton of feedback. How, how was that? I mean, what was some big takeaways from the beta testing of the software? Well, I think, you know, big feedback was really that, you know, our core that we knew is so important for webinars, reliability, you know, scalability, the ability to do certain features, to have the certain integrations, to allow people to get in the rooms faster. Like all those things were, were feedback that we got, but um, we did get some validation on the product itself. We also got validation on like pricing and room sizes and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, there was, oh, there was so much feedback we got. And one of the reasons I, I, I love doing webinars is you can ask people, like I will literally stop at my webinars and I'll ask people questions and I'll call them out by name and I will sit there until they respond. <laughs> like I give that like empty, weird silence, but I'm like, guys, I'll sit here. Like, I just want to know, I want to have this conversation with you and I'll get feedback from the calls and stuff like that. I do one-on-one demos and on these demos, I am learning from the customers or even just people interested in Demio. I'll learn where they are, what they're doing, how I can help them. And Demio maybe is not a fit for them right now, but at least I understand like, what is the marketplace looking for? What are these people looking for? And I mean, for you as a business owner, like feedback is everything because the moment you're selling a product or service, you're no longer really the consumer. You're all of a sudden the business owner. So you need to understand like, what are the valid, like what are the, what are the pain points? What are the needs? What are they asking for? What are you really solving? What are you actually giving them? All that kind of stuff. Well, first of all, I can attest to you calling people out on a web because <laughs> I was on the webinar and you're like, well, thanks for that, Kim. And, and you sat there and it was great. And I'm like, well, I don't care how many people are on this webinar, but I'm going to take advantage of being able to ask you a question. Um, yeah, that's awesome. So was there anything with the feedback that you got from beta listeners that, because it sounds like going into this, you guys had a really clear objective with what you wanted. Was there anything that either surprised you or you hadn't thought about that was something that you guys implemented based on feedback? 
Um, you know, I can't think of anything really right now. And I wouldn't say our plan was like rock solid from the beginning. We had like an idea of what we wanted to do, but like over that two year period, I mean, we, we changed, we adapted, we pivoted. We like had so much change that happened. I mean, I think for us, beta was more learning how people actually used and ran webinars. Like it, it was more than anything it was validation that simplicity would be a winning thing for us. Like, we actually, it's funny, before we opened beta, we had a lot more features. And we said, we need to make a commitment. We're a simple platform. Let's make a commitment to it. And we went in there and we had our developers rip out about a third to maybe like, yeah, maybe a third to a half of our features and the abilities in Demio. And what that meant was when you came in, you didn't have as much you could do, but people still loved it and used it. So there was something to be said that simplicity, not feature overwhelm, can actually really win in a marketplace. I totally agree. It, it gets overwhelming and you end up saying, oh, I'll come back to this later. And then inevitably you cancel a trial or you don't stick with something because you feel like, you know, I need to, again, dedicate like three or four days to learn this. Um, you know, and the other thing that I've seen in this space, <laughs> and again, not to be bagging on Infusionsoft, um, but I, it, there comes a point where you shouldn't have to pay somebody to manage the tool you're using for your business. If you want to, that's different. But but if you're going to be paying, I don't care if it's you know thirty dollars to three hundred a month. I mean, you should be able to manage that software if it's you know, or somebody within your company should be able to do that. And you guys have totally simplified that. On that note. So it sounds like the like live replays are coming. Is there anything yeah, else you can share that's coming for Demio? Yeah. So our iOS application is coming very soon. So that's full iOS compatibility there. Um, the like live replays, we have materials that will be able to be uploaded into the browser inline videos. You can actually upload videos to play in the browser. So you'll be able to run hybrid webinars on Demio. Um, so all that stuff is coming very soon. And I mean, from the entire team, like my entire team, we're so dedicated to our mission um, to really creating the best webinar platform, just simple, beautiful, easy to use. I mean, we're driven. I mean, that, that's just our goal. We just want to do that. I love it. And how big is your team now then? Because and and on that note, because the, the demos, I'm assuming at some point you're going to have to pull yourself out of some of this stuff a little bit. So, you know, how big is the team and how's that looking for you? Yeah, so right now we have three senior engineers, a QA manager, and a contract designer, um, and then myself really running a lot of mostly the marketing and sales and, and running the team and stuff like that. So um, it's about that size. And yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, as a SaaS founder, at some level, you have to just do all the hustle. Like, there's, I feel like people want to like romanticize SaaS so much, but like early stage SaaS is nothing but elbow grease like bags under the eyes, like on the edge of burnout. Like that is literally the beginning stages of a SaaS founder because you have to do everything because the only thing that you have is time and energy and hustle. So you're going to have to move your butt and do everything. And then when you get, you know, to a certain level, you can start hiring the right people and then growing and then growing. I mean, it's so much easier to actually hit certain levels and then get capital even to hire the next people. And that means still in the early stages, you're hustling for everything. Now, is this something that you guys have taken on investors for or, or foresee doing or prefer not to? You know, uh, undecided at this point. We're totally bootstrapped up to this point. Um, and we've like fought tooth and nail to keep it that way. But I mean, there are plenty of advantages to raising money, um, which is, you know, speed to scale and growth and all that kind of stuff. So 
you know, is not ruled out to us at all. Um, but we're definitely, you know, we're, we're right now we're, we're still, um, totally bootstrapped. I love that too. And I think it speaks a little bit to, you got to kind of figure out what your personal goals are, right? I mean, you can still scale and grow this significantly and have a very profitable, amazing platform without it, you know, shifting how you want to run, do business. You know, I mean, I think there are a lot of companies that, you know, get, I don't know if you guys have big offices, or you're all, you know, um, working virtually, but there's, there's a lot of options. So I guess in a way, as you grow, you kind of have to sort through, does this fit how we want our lives to be as well? 100%. And that was such a big thing for us. Like we would have early days, like we had an office in the early days and no one was in there. It was just us. <laughs> we had a remote <laughs> staff. And so we closed that. And then there was like, oh, maybe we should go open an office and do this. And, and we, we really were totally remote virtual company because the culture that we wanted to create was we want excellent people that are great at their jobs and have the best, you know, accessibility to whatever they want. But we realized that we don't have to like, we don't have to chase this startup dream and like the, the quote unquote Silicon Valley, like exact replica to do what we want. Like with great people, a great dedication and a great mission, we could solve almost any problem we want. I friggin' love that because I'm right there with you. I have a, a hashtag. It's F the hustle. And I'm not afraid of, of, of working hard by any means, but there comes a point where, you know, you need to be building something that you love and you're proud of, but it needs to support the lifestyle that you want as well. Otherwise it's sort of like, what's the point? Right. I mean, exactly. You can create a job for yourself in essence. Um, is there any final notes you want to share with us about Demio? Obviously, I will have the links for everything to the listeners. Um, I am so excited about using this and sharing it with my audience. But anything else you want to share? I would just say, you know, um, definitely check us out. I think we have something really special, but we, we definitely love for you to check it out yourself, see if it's a fit. And, you know, like I said, this is just the beginning for us, like where we where we know we can take this over the few months, next years. I mean, it, it's just going to be, it's just going to be a really beautiful process. And we just really hope to see all of you guys. Well, congratulations on an amazing product, David, because like I said, I am such, I am that geek that bounces when stuff looks ugly and <laughs> this looks so, it just, it looks great. It works great. Um, but this is an exciting time. And, you know, for the listeners, I, there's a couple programs that I use, CoSchedule's one, that it, it's been fun to be a part of growing as a customer with a company. And so I'm just, I'm really excited for you guys. So thank you so much for being here. No problem. It was an absolute pleasure and uh, wish you and everyone else the, the best of luck with everything. You totally want to go check this out now, don't you? Right? <laughs> I'm telling you guys, I, I, again, I am the geek about the way things look. I think a lot of us are at this point in our careers. Um, but, but truly it's so easy to use. And I'll tell you what, I actually did a webinar series today for the content strategy workshop I'm doing. And do you know how easy it was to say, yes, this is a series click how many times. And that way, when my subscribers register, it was like done in two seconds. So I love this. Check out Demio. It's just go to the WPChick.com forward slash Demio and make sure to tell David I sent you. So that's all. As always, guys, thanks a ton for listening. I love you. If you have not left me a review, it would mean the world to me. And I will catch you next week.